Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. I'm your host tonight, Ryan Moreland. With me as always, Amos Conway, uh, Peter Dipala, and Rich Pyle. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Well, I'm, I'm in a bad mood, but I'm doing good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you guys tonight if you want to text into the show. At five two or two five two, excuse me, two five two six two one two zero six five. Uh, also, if you have the Spreaker app, you can just uh, send it right across the Spreaker app, and we'll be able to read your stuff here. Also, tonight, earlier today, I put up a poll on our Twitter uh, page. That's at Free Parking, uh, all lowercase free underscore. Uh, uppercase P-A-R-R and then lowercase King um, on the free parking page uh, the new poll question for tonight is who is the best player in the NBA Steph Curry or LeBron James right now uh, it's split even 50% of the vote going to each of them uh, you know, this is something we're going to talk about later and we'll definitely be revisiting this uh, and let you know so if you'd like to vote go to the, our Twitter page uh, also, uh, if you're wondering, because we never say it enough, we have a Facebook page under Free Parking. Uh, you, of course, spelled the same, the P-A-R-R, uh, all uppercase. And now we also have a Instagram. We are technologically over here, just building empires over here. Uh, so, yeah, at Free Parking, spelled the same way. Uh, and we'd love to... Love to get everybody on there. So if you want to vote, uh, check out the Twitter page. We're definitely going to be revisiting that later. So uh, let's just step into this right now. Steph Curry uh, had an unbelievable game against OKC on Saturday. I don't know if you guys watched or not, but it was was amazing what he was able to do. Uh, And then hits the game-winning shot from like 40 feet. And he wasn't, it wasn't like rushing down the court to shoot. He picked his shot at about, you know, 38 to 40 feet and drilled it. Uh, unbelievable what this kid's done. Uh, what do you guys uh, think about this? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was an unbelievable shot. And I've been speaking pretty, not really badly on Golden State. I actually told a couple guys at the gym, you know, you know, I'm a Mavericks fan. I think Dallas can make a run at it, but I still expect the Warriors to win the West, hands down. I just want to see Dallas get out of the first round for the first time in years. But I'm going to say it now. I've been I've been pretty hard on them thinking that they're not going to break this record because I keep it, you know, I keep like, it's like you keep waiting on them to lose and they keep winning. So, I mean, now I'm beginning to believe that they've got a, you know, they, they may have a chance at breaking this 72-10 uh, and 10 record now. But then again, I know they got the Mavericks here in a couple of weeks, so Dallas has beaten them once. We can beat them again. But like I said, unbelievable shot, though. Hands down, one of the best shots of the year. Yeah, no, I liked it, too, dude. I got real pumped when I was seeing it. I didn't watch the game, but I did watch the highlights. And I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Uh, unbelievable shot. And, I, you know, how you, exactly what Rich said, you keep expecting them to lose, and they just keep winning. And it's probably just going to continue. They'll probably get the record. And I know Steph took the record for, like, most threes in consecutive games. It's, at what, like 128 now? Like 24 games left. He's probably going to finish out the season with the record just continuing. So I just can't say enough about the guy. That was I, – I caught the uh, the tail end of that game a little bit, and then I watched the highlights following it, and it was just incredible that Curry came back in after – after well, it could have been a bad injury during the game. He comes back in and, and heaves it up. I mean, that was pretty much like – if you think about it, one of my friends put this online. He was like, that was pretty much like shooting it from the four-point line when he, when he just tossed it up and made it. He, he'll make any shot that seems impossible – 
he'll make it. And uh, I think that they'll still have a chance to break the record. And this, and that's the reason why I say he's the best player in the NBA right now is because of the stuff he does on the court. And it just, it was awesome to see him come back from injury and then just dribble down and then throw it up to win the game. Just, and that's, I think what we've come to expect from uh, Steph Curry and, and the Golden State Warriors is just like you guys have already touched upon. You think they're going to lose in the end of, they end up winning at the end of the game. And it's been going on all season. And like I said on the show the other night, I think they still have a chip on their shoulder because of all the all the dissing that they've been getting. You know, former players like Charles Barkley, the fans, the analysts, just saying, you know, they shouldn't have won. They wouldn't have beat teams in the '90s, or they wouldn't have beat, uh, you know, they they wouldn't have beat Cleveland if they were healthy. Now I can agree with that maybe to some point, but it's just it, it's an incredible one, incredible run we're watching right now, and I think that they're going to beat the record because they're just that good. Yeah, Peter, you brought up a good point there, too, uh, in the beginning, because anybody who didn't watch the game, Steph Curry went down, uh, and Russell Westbrook unintentionally uh, stepped on his ankle, and if you watch it, I mean, it looked nasty. When I, when I was watching the game, uh, my first thought was, like, oh, Steph's down, Steph's going to be out for a while. I mean, it looked uh, pretty nasty, but he ended up coming back, and the last shot was amazing, but he was just on fire before that. You know, I'm just it's unbelievable how little space and how little time he needs to get that shot off. Uh, the way he's able to change his shots, the way he's able able to create for himself. Uh, he has unbelievable handle. Um, you know, it's, it's it's unbelievable how good he is. And it's, everybody looks at the three point shooting, but he's a really good. Uh, moves the ball really well, an incredible passer. Uh, you know his handles are are unbelievable. Um, it's absolutely crazy. But right now they're sitting at fifty three and five, so that leaves twenty four games left. So they can't, they can only lose four. They have to go twenty and four in order to beat the record uh, throughout or through the rest of the season. Um, and they do have some tough games. Their next five look like this at Washington, then OKC at home. Or excuse me, I'm reading. Sorry, I'm on the back end here. Uh, the next five. I'm pulling it up right now. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties over here. Just as I thought we were getting technical savvy on this show. All right, so it's <laughs> it's Atlanta, and then they got OKC, and then <laughs> both at home, and then at the at the Lakers. Uh, Orlando at home, Utah at home. So they have a, a lot of home games here. They, you know, it's still 20 games. Winning 20 out of 24 is still tough, but I don't. I think they're going to do it. I think we might see them even win or win more than 20 of those games. What do you think, Rich? Well, I, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I I still it's going to be tough. It really is. There there's still a couple tough games in there, but I I don't see how they cannot do this. I I think they can. Yeah, I listen. They've won at this point. They've won what like fifty out of fifty five. So ten out of twenty four is not going to be real surprising. Yeah, I I think they get it too. Just because of the uh, the talent level that they beat, and they proved last night that they can win those. I'm sorry, not last night. But they, get, they proved the other night that they can win those tough games. Uh, you know, Curry goes down, he comes back in the game. They go to overtime, and then they win in overtime. And Oklahoma City is uh, is no joke of a team, and we know how good they are, the talent that they have on the roster. So I I believe that this team with the talent they have, and, and what we saw the other night with the 121-118 win uh, over KC in in Kansas in OKC as well. Uh, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna take the record. Uh, look, and they're 55 they're 53 and five right now. I think that they'll finish the season probably if I had to guess 21 and three or 22 and two. I don't see them losing four games or five games. I think it'll be two or three losses and, and they'll they'll finish this thing out strong. Yeah, and they do have a, a tough uh, end of the. Uh, season, you know, they have two games against Memphis, two games against uh, San Antonio. But the thing is, is San Antonio is, is an incredible team. They have a lot of talent on that roster. They do not match up well uh, with the Warriors. The Warriors definitely have a big advantage because 
They like to play the big set. They like to play with two big guys inside. You can't do that uh, against Golden State and expect to win. Um, so I think Oklahoma City actually matches up the best with um, with Golden State out of all the teams in the West. We saw an incredible game. And, and not to take anything away from Oklahoma City, they played excellent in this game. Uh, you know, Durant had a good game. Westbrook had a good game. They really played uh, very well just to keep this game where it was. Um, Durant uh, hit a, one, an incredible three towards the end of this game. Uh, right over, I believe it was right over uh, Clay Thompson's head uh, and drilled it. It was So they, both teams played outstanding. I think that the Spurs are not going to be the team um, that that can beat uh, Golden State. Even though I think the talents there, they just don't match up well. I think if we see Golden State go down before the finals, uh, go down against a Western Conference opponent, it's going to be Oklahoma City. Rich, what do you think of there? No, it's going to be Dallas. Let's get it straight for once. We've already beaten them once this year. I think we're like... One of the very few teams in the West that has beaten uh, Golden State at home. So not in Golden State, but at Dallas. So I I think Dallas, like I said, I think Dallas has got more depth on their bench now with the addition of David Lee than San Antonio does, even though San Antonio is a valuable offense as well. So I think it's only three teams. I think it's Dallas, San Antonio, and uh, Golden State this year. I don't believe in Oklahoma City because Russell Westbrook is either going to shoot their way into the – into a playoff run, or he's gonna be a ball. Let's put a re- rephrase that. Russell Westbrook is gonna take Oklahoma City as far as they can go. Either he shoots them out of the playoffs, or he shoots them into the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I and I also don't believe in uh, any of the other Western Conference teams either. You know, with uh, what's his name being hurt, uh, Blake Griffin's out. You know, uh, Houston's on a downslide. So I, I think you're looking at three teams, honestly. Homer. Yeah, no, I, uh, oh. <laughs> Don't be hating on my team I'm actually, now. I'm going to agree with you, Ryan. I think, <laughs> I think Oklahoma City is probably the best team that matches up with them because of Westbrook and Durant. It's just the supporting cast outside those two are not very good at all. And the other day I seen a stat about them that, like, when Durant and Westbrook both score under, like, 25 or something, they're, like, 28 and 4 or something crazy like that. So, I mean, unless that supporting cast steps up and helps them, I don't I think they're the best shot, but if they don't get any help from any of the other role players, then I don't think they're going to have much of a shot. If I had to pick, well, Rich talked about Dallas and San Antonio being in Golden State, so I think those are the three teams. I don't see Oklahoma City making it to the finals, or even probably, probably not even the conference finals. I think the conference finals, in my opinion, and you guys tell me know what you think about this, would be Golden State and uh, San Antonio. And that's no disrespect to Dallas. I think San Antonio is still quietly having a good year. Uh, you know, their standings speak for themselves. So I think it'll be those two fighting for the for the uh, Western Conference Championship. And that, But Dallas could be in there too. You know, anything can happen in the NBA and you know, and a perfect example of Dallas doing what people probably didn't think they could do was when they beat the Heat uh, in Miami's first finals appearance with the Big Three. A lot, you know, I, where I was living in Connecticut at the time, I would, you know, I talked to my friends and, and people at college and stuff like that, and they were saying, "Oh, you know," and not everyone. There were there was there were people that just honestly felt that that Miami would beat them, and Dallas surprised them. So Dallas, is a, they can surprise you from time to time, but I think it'll be more San Antonio and Golden State, uh, you know, the new, versus, the new versus the old, and not the call to first older. I think, the old, you know, the uh, the younger players versus the veterans, and it'd be kind of interesting to see if that's what happens. And I, so that's just my opinion there. I don't know what you guys think, but that's who I think will be. I think it'll be the Spurs and Golden State because remember the Spurs are fifty or fifty at nine. Dallas is thirty-two and twenty-eight. There's twenty-two games behind the Warriors, but like I said, anything can happen, and they they can surprise you. Never don't sleep on them. And the Spurs are also undefeated at home. So if the Spurs and Warriors finish undefeated at home, 
and go toe-to-toe in the finals, it's going to probably go to all seven games just based on their home record. Now, uh, let me be clear. I think that uh, the Spurs are going to beat... I think the Spurs are going to beat every other team in the West. I think that they have that kind of talent. Um, Maybe outside of OKC. Dallas definitely could uh, upset. But I would say, if if I was putting money on it today, I would say the Spurs are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm saying matchup-wise, the Spurs do not match up well to Golden State. We saw that game earlier this season where it was the best two records in NBA history facing each other, uh, and everybody was just super excited for that, and that was just an absolute terrible game. I mean, Golden State controlled from start to finish. It was ugly. Um, they don't match up well. You, They don't have uh, – you have to – you cannot play two big guys. Um, on the court against Golden State. They're too good on the outside. You have to have guys that can block the shots or at least get in Curry's face. I don't even know what you do for Curry. you got to get in Clay Thompson's face and stay there. With Steph Curry, just hope he gets injured or hurt. <laughs> I don't know because it doesn't matter where you're at. Even if you're in his face. I mean, we saw him shoot over Whiteside uh, last week, and then I can't remember his name. Um, Moore, I want to say, shot over seven footers. Uh, with the seven footers in his face, and he still hits the three, so I don't know what you do for him. But you gotta, you you have to be able to to defend at the perimeter. Um, not something that San Antonio does well. So that's why I think that they're gonna struggle. That's why I think OKC is a better matchup um, for them because OKC has that the athletic ability to stick with these guys. As we saw last night, they played well. Uh, against uh, the three-pointer for most of the game until the end there when Curry was just unstoppable. I mean, and it, it could they could have had 12 guys on the court uh, for OKC, and it wouldn't have helped them at all because Curry was just hitting everything he looked at. Yeah, I think Durant actually fouled out of that game as well, missed almost the entire overhand, overtime uh, quarter or whatever. Real quickly before we move on, I will say this about Dallas. The one thing that does concern me about the entire roster is the health. Uh, Deron Williams has missed a couple of games here and there with injuries. Uh, Wesley Matthews is trying to get back to his form from the Achilles tear. Same with Chandler Parsons coming back off the microfracture knee surgery. So they're, they're getting a little bit healthier, but they've got to stay healthy. If they can stay healthy, I still think that they – I don't expect them to win the West. I already said that. I think Golden State – it's going to be Golden State-Cleveland. I think we already made that prediction. But I just want to see Dallas get out of the first round is all. I, I think they can contend with saying that anyone – they can probably contend with anyone in the West except for Golden State, honestly. But that that's just my opinion. But health is a major issue with them right now, so – Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, Golden State is outclassing everyone else. <laughs> and I, I just think if, if any team matches up well, I do agree. I think it's a Golden City. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still going to stick by San Antonio. But like I said, I think Dallas could have a shot. And as far as Oklahoma goes, we, we, you know, we, sorry, we just mentioned it on the show that really outside of Durant and Westbrook, and this is, again, no disrespect to, to the Thunder, but you need more than just those two guys to be able to beat you. So, if anything, it would be the Spurs or Dallas, just based on, you know, again, their records. Dallas is a veteran team. They know what they're doing. And you look at San Antonio, another thing, veteran team, they're they're right in the thick of the race for the for the West right now. But the West is definitely going to be one uh, home court advantage to the, to the Warriors, and I think that they'll end up winning the entire thing again this year, including the uh, NBA championship. So that's that's just my take on it. You know, of course, anything can change, but I, I still think Dallas does have a shot, in my opinion, of, of possibly But it would be it would be stretched. But like I said, Dallas, they've surprised us before, and uh, there's no reason to think they couldn't do it again. All right, before we move on here real quick, uh, just want to get your answers on our uh, Twitter question of the day here, the poll question. Uh, who do you think – Because I said last time we we talked about this on the Buy or Sell show last Thursday, I said LeBron James. Uh, But after watching that performance and and looking at his numbers, I'm going to actually change my answer and say I think that Steph Curry right now is the best player in the NBA. 
Um, it's just unbelievable. Some of the stats that he, I mean, he's shooting 46 from three, uh, from three. He's, they said that, uh, 538, uh, if anybody follows them, they get, uh, really deep into the statistics of everything. Uh, they said that he's on pace to break the three point made record. Uh, it would be the equivalent of hitting 102 home runs in a season would be the equivalent. So unbelievable what they what he's been able to do. Um, Rich, well, who do you think is the best out of these two? I'm, I'm still sticking with LeBron. I, <laughs> Le, Curry's had a great year, but all around, you know, me and you just talked about this before we even came on, that LeBron can basically play the one through four, like four out of the five positions on the floor. Curry can't do that. He doesn't have the size – he has a great jump shot, a great three-point look, can dish the ball off well. LeBron can dish. He can play the post. He can play inside, outside. He's got a wide variety of, variety of range, uh, range to his jumper, to his game in, in general. I, I still think it's LeBron. I'm going to go with LeBron still as well. But if I ever had myself in a situation like that with six seconds left or whatever – and overtime, and I needed someone to hit a 32-foot three-point, uh, yeah, I'll take Curry, but I think LeBron's still the better overall player. I'm going to take Curry, and I know that that might not be the most popular opinion amongst Cleveland fans or maybe some of the NBA fans, but what Curry's doing right now is just incredible. He's so clutch, and again, he's he's just so... The way he hits three points is just three pointers is just ridiculous. He, I think he just broke his own record again for three pointers in a single season. So, this he's just incredible. And I think at the end of the day, we, we have to appreciate greatness. And remember, LeBron is one of the greatest players in the NBA right now and of all time. I've been hard on him about his finals record. I, and asking anybody I know, I've been hard on him. But last year, what he did, pretty much playing solo at points, was just incredible. And I can't take anything away from him, but. Curry is just so good. He's clutch. He makes he makes the throws. And we said it before. We just talked about it a few minutes ago on the show. They win when you expect them to lose, and I think that's what makes him so special. And but I I think that the gap and I I've sort of gone back and forth on this between of the gap between them. I think it's Curry one A and LeBron one B, and and that's again no disrespect. It's just they're that close. And if and truthfully, I, if somebody told me that they were both great in their own respect and they could put them at the same level, I, I would I would say that's fine. But I'm going to answer the question, and I think it is Curry, and I'm going to stick by him as the best player in the NBA. Just the way he plays the game is just phenomenal. He came back from being his ankle stepped on the other night and makes, it makes a clutch shot. You know, it's just he's incredible. He can do anything you want him to do, and he's just an amazing all right, so we got some news from the NFL here. Um, it appears as though uh, we have seen the last of Peyton Manning on the field as he is going to call it quits. Not surprising uh, here, but um, with the news finally starting to come out, I think he's going to officially have a press conference later this week to officially announce. Um, what are your thoughts on this here, guys? Has that been official? Because I've read different reports saying that he told his agent that he still loves to play the game. So I, I believe it when I see it. Honestly, I, I, I think he should walk away. But you know, if you get the itch and you still got the desire to play, it really would not surprise me to see him come back for one more year. Yeah, no, I need you to is that is there like an official thing? Because I'm a bridge that I've seen official not true. Oh, from what I've read that uh, they're saying that the press conference is coming. Um I'll look it up here just to double check, but that's from the story that I read uh on Saturday. Well Well okay. NFL dot com two hours ago has Yeah, because NFL dot com as of two hours ago says Peyton Manning's decision won't come this week. So uh, but I I don't know what he's doing. It's just awful suspicious that he's being been this quiet for so long. Well, 
so I, I took a little bit to look some stuff up earlier today, and according to yesterday in an article by John Breach of CBS Sports, the, the, the article is titled "Report Broncos Privately Preparing to Part Ways with Peyton Manning." Uh, and I, and I got to be honest with you, if he doesn't retire, I don't blame them for wanting to cut him before the start of next season because he has a nineteen million dollar cap hit for a guy that really did not play that great last season. He he was actually pretty bad. In the regular season, he had almost twice as many interceptions as touchdowns, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. The playoffs, uh, his best game was against New England Patriots. He threw two touchdowns. In the Super Bowl, he struggled, but he, he called the right plays to when they were in field goal range to just make sure they didn't cough up the football and put points on the board. So I don't blame them if they're going to want to move on. As the retirement thing goes, I, I do believe he will retire for a number of reasons. One, He's badly injured right now. He's, the injuries have just totaled up throughout his career. Even if he comes back, what team would he could he go to that's a Super Bowl contender? You know, you look at the other ones, they have their, their quarterbacks in place. The only teams I could see him going to is the Rams because they have said they are interested in reportedly have said they are they are interested in him coming there if he is not to be a Denver Bronco next year. And they do have a decent team. And maybe some of these cat moves are to bring Peyton Manning in on a lucrative deal for one year because they might have to spend a lot of money on him for one year, but the amount of money he'll bring into the organization as like a sort of a farewell tour in LA would be interesting. But I, I do believe that he will retire and just in my opinion, because his family, his family has talked about him wanting, they wanted to, his, I, I believe it was his mother says she wants him to retire. And we know how close his family is because, and I don't want to bring this up and shine negative light on the situation, but Archie Manning did get involved when Eli Manning didn't want to go to San Diego. So we know how much how much uh, power the family has in the NFL and also the influence they have on one another. So I, I think he will retire, but if he doesn't, the Broncos are better off just cutting him before March 9th because Brock Osweiler, he looks pretty good in the starts he had. He can throw the ball down the field. Peyton Manning can't do that anymore. Osweiler is pretty mobile. It's something Peyton Manning's never been. So I think you want to get a guy like Osweiler in who can stretch the field because it'll eventually help open up the running game that Denver struggled with on and off throughout the season. They'd either be really good or they'd be really bad running the football. So to me, it makes sense that Manning retires, but if he doesn't, I think the Broncos are going to push him out the door and he'll go to, if he does go somewhere else, it will be LA. But I, I think the end is near for him and I think it's time for him just to hang it up. He's, if he plays anymore, he might get injured further, and I, I would hate to see that happen to him because, frankly, you know, we could talk about the history of Tennessee, and I, I don't particularly care for what went on there. But if if we find out that that was not true, and again, we're waiting to hear all the facts on that, then I would want to see him retire and not be further injured. And I don't want to wish injury upon anybody to begin with. Manning needs to go. The, his time in the NFL is up, and he's just his body is riddled with injuries, and he's just not the same Manning we are accustomed to seeing. Yeah, it was Fox News broke the story yesterday uh, that two sources told the Denver Post uh, that did not name the sources um, that he plans on retiring this week. He did meet with John Elway uh, last week to talk about uh, you know the future and whatnot and then these reports came in after that so but uh, the Denver Broncos have said that they don't know uh, anything as of yet uh, even Peyton Manning's agent has come out and said that he's on the dark he's in the dark on all of this um, so no official word yet but it, it doesn't surprise me I, I would I think I would be pretty surprised to see him come back at this point. Uh, with all the health issues, and he's just not playing effectively. And I know that that's something that uh, you want to do. You want to be able to not only be on the field, but, uh, you know, be effective. You don't want to go out there and not be able to, uh, you know, throw almost twice as many interceptions as touchdowns, as as Peter said. Um, moving on here from Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, who signed an extension. Uh you know, Tom Brady has said that he's plans on playing another ten years. Uh, you will see if that happens or not. But with this extension, I don't think it surprised anybody here either. Uh, of course, they're going to keep him as a Patriot uh, probably until the end of his career. It'd be surprising to see him play anywhere else. 
Uh, but you know, we saw Montana play as a chief, so you never know. But, uh, but with this extension here, uh, you know, he'll be a Patriot for quite some time. What did you, as you know, three Patriot fans, what do you guys have to say on this? Uh, first and foremost, I, it did come off as a little bit of a surprise to me because I thought what they did when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo a few years back was he, he was the heir apparent. Because when Tom Brady's originally con- his original contract expired, the one he was on now expired last year, which gave Garoppolo a one-year. You know, there's that one-year window, but now with this extension, it's like, what do you do with Garoppolo? That that's the biggest question. You got Brady now for another four years, and you only got Garoppolo what another two. So you obviously are going to try and find some sort of trade value with that. But then I begin to think about what Brady's done over the course of his year the course of his career in terms of looking out for the franchise you see a lot of quarterbacks take this ridiculous amount of money and it handcuffs franchises up i think last year tom brady only he did something with his contract that made the money go only fully guaranteed if he got hurt which you know freed up a bunch of cap space this year he takes the extension i think somebody said i think i read somewhere it's going to free up almost five million dollars in cap space so you know, Tom Brady's always been about the team first and himself second in terms of money. So it was a classy move by Tom Brady yet again to to make that extension to help the better part of the Patriots organization instead of, you know, putting extra money in his pocket. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with that. I think it's great that he signed the two-year extension. It's going to be awesome if he stays a Patriot, remains one. Finish his career out with play, you know, playing all the way through, but I think it's more or less to help the team out because you know maybe they're looking at free agency. There's a couple people that their eyes on that they think can get them in there. Uh, the drafts maybe uh, see if you can trade up and get a player, and you have that cap space free to get a guy in the first round. I, I, there's a lot too, but I think it's more about kind of getting being able to get some more money to do more, you know, to help out Brady and the offense. Uh, I just think it was all just a cap space move, but you know, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Obviously, and I think Garoppolo is probably still there. I think it was a cap space move as well, but I wasn't surprised that they sent him to an extension. You know, he said that he wants to play ten more years, or he feels like he couldn't. So now he will be playing till he's 42 because he's already extended through 2017. So that means he'll play. 20 years in the NFL, which is incredible, no matter what your position is. So, <clears throat> not surprised. And I think it's a great move for the team that helps save helps save them helps help save them some money because they do have some contracts that they're going to have to start thinking about with Dante Hightower, you know, Jamie Collins, uh, Chandler Jones, and guys like that, who you're going to have to start making decisions on their on their future contracts. Plus. It'll help them in free agency because I, I do believe they're going to probably go after a wide receiver, a uh, deep threat wide receiver to help open up the passing attack or maybe even go after a running back. Alfred Morris is another name that's out there along with Matt Forte at the running back position. Uh, so just assuming Morris doesn't go back to Washington, which I don't think he will, uh, it would help them sign him too. There are some needs, and this team needs the money. So not surprised at all that, that Tom Brady did this. And it, it's going to be interesting to see if he does play through this contract. I mean, I want to bring something up, too. Is that Tom Brady, even though he, he's getting up there in age, he didn't look in 2015. He led the NFL in touchdowns through, through only seven interceptions. And he did this behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last year. He was just taking a beating. Even when he wasn't getting sacked, he was getting knocked to the ground. And part of that was because of the lack of the running game. But... He's tough and he can stay in shape. So I'm not surprised that, that this happened. And I'm excited to see him play, spend some more time in New England. But the, the one question that does linger is what's going to happen with Garoppolo? Is New England going to want to keep him for that long and see what they can get out of him? Or are they going to use him as, as trade bait and try to get a pick with, pick out of him, which is always a possibility. So it's you don't have somebody in the second round, in my opinion, to replace the legend unless you have a plan. So part of me wonders if they are going to trade him. So keep an eye on Jimmy Garoppolo and let's see what happens with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I still think that they're going to keep on, uh, keep Garoppolo. I don't, I 
don't think you'd see him traded. Uh, they have a kid that you know has some talent, has shown, uh, has shown a little a skill, uh, but he needs to grow. They need to give him time uh, to grow as a passer. And who better to learn from than one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game? So I think you know they'll just do what we saw Aaron Rodgers here, set behind uh, for a couple of years, and then when he's Tom Brady is ready to retire, then Garoppolo is going to be. Uh, that much better and that much stronger as a quarterback. Uh, so when it's his time uh, to shine, he'll be he'll be ready for it. Um, but yeah, this this is good for the Patriots. I think you're going to see Tom Brady play for. I don't think he's going to play for ten more years, but I think you'll see him play uh, into his forties. He's had a relatively healthy career outside of the one you know the broken leg, but. Uh, that of course healed. I think this is a move to free up some cap space to probably enhance the offensive line would be my thought. You know, Peter just brought up that they had a pretty awful offensive line this season. He spent a lot of time on his backside, uh, especially in that Denver game. You definitely want, uh, you know, definitely want your quarterback, especially you know a quarterback of his caliber, and getting up there in age. You you definitely need to protect him. Uh, you know, because one bad injury could be the difference between Tom Brady retiring at 45 and Tom Brady retiring at 39. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good move by the the team, and I think uh, you know Rich brought up a good point too. Everybody wants to demonize Tom Brady because of the success that he's had, but he is a team player. Uh, he, you know, he realizes that if he takes a little bit out of the, takes a little bit less the team can go get, you know, a little bit more to get them back into a Super Bowl uh, within the next couple of years, if not next year. <clears throat> Moving on here, uh, I wanted to bring this up real quick. I know we don't talk a lot of hockey, um, but I wanted to bring this up. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to find the story here. Uh Actually, does any, anybody have anything that they wanted to talk about tonight? Any of you guys got something? Yeah, Comcast. Uh, the Bears packed <clears> on <throat> sure Comcast for today. Oh, so, so if, for, if, Bears tag all Sean, franchise tag all Sean Jeffrey. Um, I think this is a smart move here for them. I think you know they have. Yep. He's definitely their number one wide receiver. They'll get Kevin's uh, Kevin White back. You know, the yeah drafted last year, the rookie who shows a lot of talent. Um, but you know, definitely raw and definitely needs uh, some time to get uh, into the offense and and get into an NFL system. So definitely their number one wide receiver and a, a big part of this offense, especially now that they're not going to have Matt Forte next year. Uh, I think they're going to see him lean a little bit more on Jeffrey. So I think smart move by the Bears. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, great I mean, move he's by the Bears. A heck of a wide receiver, obviously. Well, you know, you just said Amos, he's a heck of a wide receiver. And Ryan, you said it perfectly. He's raw. He still needs some development, especially because he missed his entire rookie year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two going together. I think bringing back Alshon Jeffrey is huge because Jay <clears throat> uh, Cutler and Alshon Jeffrey have, have found a pretty good group together, I, I feel like. And uh, unlike Brandon Marshall, I think Jay Cutler isn't trying to force the ball as much to Alshon Jeffrey as he did to Brandon Marshall. So um, definitely a great move to bring him back, especially because that offense is going to need the weapons, especially if they want Jay Cutler to be the quarterback for the future, which which it appears to be, because he did a really good job this, this past season turning his uh, turning his ways of playing around, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I hey, dude, does anyone here other than Ryan, Ryan, have you been watching the combine over the weekend at all? Did you watch it today? Yeah, I watched every day. Nope. Uh, watched a good bit of the combine. I was going to bring this up uh, too. Um, I was going to ask you guys uh, for you did watch uh, who impressed you, who didn't impress you, that kind of thing. Because uh, I was watched and Derrick Henry's workout really impressed me. Uh, he ran well for a guy of his size. Um, 
he his hands looked better than I expected them to be. Uh, and another running back, Ezekiel Elliott, he ran well and stuff, but in the passing drills, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's hands were not nearly as good as what you know they've touted to be or what we've seen in tape, uh, which is a little worrisome. But you know, it's you can't immediately throw out uh, his entire college career just because of the combine. You know, I think so many fans are quick to do that. A guy has a good workout and they think that he should go number one overall, despite him being uh, a middle of the road player. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott did not impress with his hands. Um, but out of the running back group, uh, Derrick Henry did impress me. Amos, is, uh, anybody out there that really caught your eye? Uh, the Emmanuel Ogba, the defensive end from Oklahoma State. Like, i not a guy that I knew too much about. Didn't really pay much attention to him. And, God, I thought he did very, very well. He, oh, man, he had the four six three forty. I remember watching him, and I know it's just combine, and a lot of these drills are just. But these guys are like amazing athletes out here doing this, and you just like it amazes you. And I think overall the secondary too. This defense is so deep in this draft, especially the defensive line linebackers. And if the corner or if the secondary is the weakest part of this defensive draft, a lot of teams are going to get a lot of good players. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Defense. So for me, I'm going to... Go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> Joey Bosa, I I saw some of his <clears throat> sorry, highlights. The only thing that kind of concerned me about him was his 32-inch uh, vertical jump. But again, it, it's just one test. It doesn't, really, it doesn't mean that he can't jump up high. But his 40 time didn't bother me because remember, J.J. Watt's 40 time wasn't exactly impressive either. I just worry about his vertical jump because if he can't get to the quarterback, can we expect Joey Bosa to jump up and swap balls down? I'm not sure. And the only other thing that I'm kind of concerned about, one thing about Joey Bosa is he went from 13 sacks to five and five sacks past season. So I'm not really sure what, what would have happened in the drop of productivity, perhaps because teams could figure him out a little bit more. But he's still, he's still a great force on the field. But I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Joey Bosa going forward because Unfortunately, sometimes people use the combine as a tool to kind of maybe push players down the draft board. I still think he's a first-round talent, but maybe he'll fall out of the top ten, and which I think is a disservice to him. But the vertical jump is the only thing that concerned me about him. I'm, I don't know how you guys feel about that. And it, again, it's just one thing. But if you can't get to the quarterback, you should try to jump up and swat the ball down. If you can't do that, then there's, there's going to be some issues, in my opinion. All right, did the Bosa Watt forty time is very very like it shouldn't be compared. Watt in that aspect was a beast because Watt checked in like twenty five pounds heavier than Bosa, and he ran like he I, just a little bit, or just a couple ticks. But I don't know. Like I like Bosa, but the combine with him to me has yeah it's disappointed me a little bit because now I'm concerned that when. If the team that drafts him, he's not going to be able to, like, if he gets double teamed in the interior, he's just not effective. I think his best thing is going to be a pass rusher. Yeah, Joey Bosa didn't, it wasn't impressive. His, his entire workout, um, it was either below he thought it was going to be or just, or just average. You know, he really didn't impress. Uh, another guy, Shaq Lawson, really didn't impress me. He's a guy that I was pretty high on uh had him going third my mock draft actually which is a lot higher than a lot of people have him um but he really his workout uh was another one that didn't impress i will say though uh larry tunsil who everybody you know most people have him going him first overall the tennessee titans had a very impressive workout he was you know he and it seemed like every drill they, they did he was uh one of, if not the best, very fluid, very fast, um, especially all of the drills that they they went, the offensive linemen went through. Uh, he stood out every single time. He, he looked really good. Um, another guy as well, too, was uh, on from the offensive line, uh, Jason Spriggs from Indiana. He had an absolutely great workout, uh, and he's one of those guys that I think could end up going in the late first round. Uh, but is probably his second round. Um, but man, he was 
he had a good day, a good workout. As well. And one more guy I want to say, uh, Robert Kimdenchi, or Kimdichi, he, it's just amazing. This kid's really, really good. Ran a 4.87, and he's pushing 300 pounds, 35-inch vertical. Um, and, but the, all the red flags, I think this might be one of the, one of, if not the most talented players in this draft. Uh, I think he deserves to be. If you're going on talent alone, he's a top three player, uh, maybe even higher than that. But just all the red flags that come with him. But he came out and looked really good in his, as you mentioned, dog ball as well. Um, looked really well. Really, really good. All right, well, since we're on the topic of the NFL here, I want to get you guys' opinion on the Colin Kaepernick situation. Uh, we, we all know that part of the reason why Chip Kelly probably took the job in San Francisco was because he would have a quarterback he wanted, an athletic quarterback who can make throws, being Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick originally reported to wanting to be traded to the Jets. Then you hear the 49ers want him. Now all of a sudden we're hearing Kaepernick wants a trade again, that is, agents have asked for a trade. I'm, I'm, I think part of the reason why is because Colin Kaepernick gets burned out in San Francisco. I truly do not think it was Jim Tom Sula's decision to, to bench Kaepernick this past season. And the reason I say that is because Tom Sula was really probably brought in a stop cap guy, coach a year, and then they'll, they'll find somebody else. And that's just what they did. So in my opinion, I, it could be the front office that wanted Kaepernick bench because of the amount of money they were paying him and the lack of productivity he was putting out on the field. And when you get benched for a guy like Blaine Gabbard, okay, I'd want to get traded too. Because the one thing about the 49ers we know is that this the front office, the uh, the family that runs that team is just there. It's just a complete debacle. And we this this comes as no surprise. Remember when Harbaugh was coaching his last year in San Francisco, all these reports started coming out that players didn't like him. And it was uh, Deion Sanders, I believe, that was the one that that really brought the story to light. So Kaepernick, the guy that wanted Kaepernick is gone. Sure, Chip Kelly wants Kaepernick, but Chip Kelly, we all seen what he's done to teams. And Kaepernick probably doesn't want to play like a guy for him either because Kaepernick might feel like he can't trust him. So I'm not really sure what to make of that situation. So I want to ask you guys that. And also another question I wanted to tack on to what are your thoughts on the situation is, where do you think he'll be traded? And and, my, and there's reports by Ian Rappaport of the NFL that the Browns and the Texans are inquiring. So I think, in my opinion, the best team that makes sense for me would be the Browns because Hugh Jackson could be the guy that could help straighten Kaepernick's career out and help him become a better passer. Because Amy Dalton grew really well under Hugh Jackson, so I don't see why Kaepernick shouldn't go get traded there and try to, re- and try to reinvent his career. Yeah, I th- I'm going to say uh I think I think Kaepernick's going to leave. He felt really spurned by what they did last season uh when we saw him get benched um for Blaine Gabbert. Uh and that has to not feel great, you know. And, and this organization as they kicked out Harbaugh, they brought in Tom Sula and never really gave him a chance. Uh you know, you saw their almost their entire defense retire or or leave, you know, just <laughs> And I still think, uh, from top to bottom, this is the weakest roster in the NFL. They were able uh, to pull out a couple wins. They, you know, they were the seventh worst as far as record goes. Um, But I still think, top to bottom, they have the least amount of talent on that squad. It's it's unbelievable uh, what they have to work with, and I, I can't blame them for wanting to leave. Um. Some places he could end up, you know, of course, uh, everybody's going to talk about uh, the Rams, the Texans, the Browns, the Jets are going to come up. I don't see the Jets making a move. Uh, I think if they made a move, you have to think, to in order for it to make sense for them to make a move, you would have to get someone that you know is going to be better than Fitzpatrick. I don't know that Colin Kaepernick is going to be better than Fitzpatrick, especially after the season that Fitzpatrick just had. So I don't think that's where they're going to go. Uh, plus, they still have Bryce Petty uh, that they're developing for the future. Um, th- I think that the Rams, you know, the Cleveland would be a good spot um, if he's willing to not have success uh, early on. 
Uh, but that's kind of you have to get in the mind of Kaepernick to know that because that team's definitely going to ha- take some time to rebuild. Um, Texans and and then the the Rams would be ideal for him for instant success because both of these teams have very good defenses and are basically missing a quarterback from being quality teams. Um, but I don't know that that becomes the question to the Texans or uh, or the Rams really want him. And I don't know. I mean, to be 100% honest, if I was a general manager, I think I'd pass on Kaepernick unless I was in a desperate situation. I'm just not – it just seems like defenses have figured him out. Uh, if, in, if they spy him with an athletic outside linebacker, uh, he can't make the move. He's not good enough throwing the ball to just sit in the pocket the entire time. So if you take away the running game – you know, then he's just not that good. Uh, so, I mean, I'd, I'd honestly pass on him. But it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, no, I'm going to uh, – I want to agree with that. But I just – I don't know if Kaepernick fits any real system. And I, I just – I don't know. He doesn't – he's not great at reading the field. I, to me, I I think he stays in San Francisco, but I think the ideal situation that happens for him is Denver has to tag Von Miller, Osweiler leaves, maybe Denver trades for Kaepernick to run just basically hand the ball off and run that bootleg. I think that's something he'd be able to do because it's just going to eliminate some of the field for him, make the reads easier, and he's got the option to run. So I, that would make sense to me. I don't think he's leaving San Francisco. He can. I I don't think he's leaving San Francisco. He can cry and moan all he wants to, but I think San Francisco has already made it upfront and clear that hey, we're going to give you your full salary for this year, no matter what. If I'm Colin Kaepernick, I'm just going to sit back and let them pay me one more year, even if I'm riding the bench. But why would you leave Chip Kelly's offense when that's the kind you know? I think he would fit perfectly with what Chip Kelly is going to do. So. I just don't see them parting with Kaepernick when you don't know what kind of offense that Blaine Gabbert's going to be able to run with Chip Kelly. So I, I, I just don't see him leaving. A lot of quarterbacks can say they weren't traded, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, but you, you made a, Are you you made there, a point there. I mean, why would you want to? Yeah, I'm here. I was going to ask you guys this question here. You're a general manager, uh, you know, uh, of just, you know, a uh, random generic team here. You have a, a good defense. You need a quarterback. RG3 and Kaepernick are out there. Who are you making the move on? <laughs> Kaepernick. Only because RG3's attendees have been shot how many times now? And he hasn't played a full season, but well, he hasn't even played a full season, honestly, so... I'd probably take Kaepernick over RG3 just because of RG3's injury history. Yeah, if I can keep him healthy, I'm going to actually go the opposite. I'm going to take RG3. I've seen Kaepernick with one of his best seasons, and I've seen RG3 with a pretty good rookie season. And I like RG3's progression as far as the future than I do Kaepernick. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there, Amos. I I was <clears throat> I as soon as Ryan asked a question, I, I said RG three in my mind because, like you said, it, it, his rookie year was really good, and I think part of the reason why we've seen obviously aside from injury, the issues that he's had is because the second year he came back too early when he shouldn't have even been playing in that game, uh, the playoff game after he fell the first time. So I, I felt like he was left in there far too long in that game. But I felt like the Shanahan's kind of, and RG three does have some blame to take for this, but I feel like the Shanahan's kind of ruined him. And then they brought in Jay Gruden, and Jay Gruden's offense doesn't fit RG three style because RG three was brought in. They use the read option zone read to help him as a rookie get comfortable, and he's a, he can make throws in the pocket and outside the pocket. Well, when Jay Gruden came in, it was just a lot of back and forth. It was a quarterback carousel. Gruden's first year, and then this past year, RG three's injury led the way for Kirk Cousins to uh, to start. And what I and another reason why I, I would pick RG3 over Kaepernick is this. Now, I don't blame Kaepernick for wanting to be treated out of San Francisco. I really don't. But the reason why I'm going to bring this point up is because RG3, despite being on the bench all last year, 
and he was a second overall pick and was a Heisman winner in the same year he was drafted, the year following his, you know, whatever his last year in college, he did not make one bad comment about the team when he was sitting on the bench. He was quiet and talked to the media. Didn't, he did all the right things that the team probably wanted him to do, and he did what there should be no issues between him and Jay Gruden last year, despite him not playing. And when I look at that, I say to myself, okay, RG3, in the same way Kaepernick might have been, sort of sabotaged by whether it be the organization, the coaches, maybe players in the locker room, or maybe sabotage is something where I want to use. But you know what I mean? Like, there's some discontent there. But RG3 did all the right things. He was a company man. And I think, in my opinion, he probably has the, he has more upside because we've seen him. He can make throws. He he can. Kaepernick struggles because he needs that read option and a third of the run game for guys to get open. RG3 can he can throw guys open. I've seen him do it. So I'd rather have RG3 than over than over Kaepernick. And truth be told, I think if Kaepernick gets traded to the Browns, RG3 will be the next quarterback of the 49ers or. The other the other option they have is to draft that kid out of North Dakota because of, because of his athletic ability. But I think RG three makes a lot of sense in San Francisco over Kaepernick because I think RG three he wants a new home, a fresh start, and, and what are better ways than go to San Francisco and and go to a team where they can utilize you the utilize your skill set the way it should be with Chip Kelly at the helm. Yeah, I think right now I, I'd have to agree with exactly what. what the- Rich said, um, "I think that it would have to be Kaepernick because of the health. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be happy paying a guy, uh, you know, that 15 million dollar range to come in and ride the bench, you know, and, and just watch him uh, on the sidelines. And and Kaepernick, uh, you know, has had a far, far better uh, string of health. And I think that if with both healthy." I still might go with Kaepernick. You know, he does have the bigger arm. Um, you know, uh, does have the bigger arm, although he's not as accurate. Uh, but we haven't seen anything from anything remotely good uh, from RG3 since that rookie year, uh, and he's just been constantly in bad health. Uh, and he does he needs to be bigger. The quarterbacks that succeed at being mobile in the NFL are the big guys, guys like Cam Newton, guys like Kaepernick, or these big-bodied guys. Uh, RG3 is just a little too small to be able to pull that off, and that's why, you know, you're getting hit by guys twice your size uh, going full speed. You're going to get hurt. It's bound to happen. So longevity uh, and definitely being on the field would become the biggest factor if I had to choose between these two. Um, And that tells you what I think about both players since I just told you that uh, I wouldn't want Kaepernick if I was a general manager. Uh, but is just wanted to get your guys' opinions on that. That's about all the time we have today. Um, be sure to follow us on Facebook, uh, or like our page on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on our new Instagram. Uh, definitely going to have a lot of stuff going out on there. I'm sure there's going to be some uh, punishments coming up on that. Uh, tomorrow night, same time, same place, me and Amos are going to do... Uh, the next 10 picks in our mock draft. Wednesday, of course, we have the Par for Discourse show. Uh, this Thursday, uh, anybody who listens to the show knows a couple weeks back, we did the NFL fantasy or NFL uh, movie characters uh, draft, fictional players draft. Well, we're going to do the exact same thing, except for this time it's going to be the NBA. Uh, and we'll go through that. Uh, looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun uh, to pick for the future of a lot of these NBA teams Uh, so be sure to tune in on Thursday for that of course as always on Friday we have the free for all show with Peter and Rich Um, so there's an update on the free for all by the way the free for all we at me and Peter have actually talked about this I think we're going to podcast the show early and it's going to be called the weekend water cooler now we're going to lightly talk about the walking dead but we're also going to talk what uh, big sporting events are coming up for the weekend. It's hard to get listeners in on Friday nights. We learned that uh, actually this past Friday night. So it's going to be a podcast only for the time being, unless you know the listeners want to go live. We'll reconsider going live with it. But we will have 
uh, pre-recorded show for you guys available Friday afternoon or Friday evening. All right. So be sure to tune in tomorrow night. Me and Amos will bring you the next ten picks of our mock drafts and the beers for cheer, beers and cheers mock draft. But thanks for listening tonight. Uh, everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 